Hello there, this is Aaron Osborne, the host of the Oblivious Maximus podcast. On my podcast, I chat to people about music and specifically records they really like. Andy was kind enough recently to come on and have a chat, and I've previously had guests from bands like Psychroptic, Cosmic Psychos, Violent Soho, Nails, and people from all walks of life who love talking about music. Head to obliviousmaximus.net for more info or search for Oblivious Maximus podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on social media. Brutal! Welcome to the Andy Social Podcast, another week of podcasting. And before we kick into this week's episode, come on over and join me on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Andy Dowling Official is a place to go to support this little podcast of mine. And support starts from only a buck a month. Dirt cheap, set and forget. Just completely forget about it. It's a little feel-good payment that uh, goes from your pocket to mine. And there are additional tiers if you want to throw me a couple of extra coins each month. You get access to an exclusive podcast each and every week and a bunch of other goodies as well. Patreon.com slash Andy Dowling. Yeah, deja vu. Here we go, folks. Another week of podcasting. Episode 241 of the Andy Social Podcast is here in your little ear holes. And this week's guest is Sam Dillon. Um, if you don't know Sam, Sam's an illustrator and a vocalist. He is the front man in Haddle Moore as well as Lowe, and he is a shit-hot artist. He does a lot of paintings and illustrations, and in particular, he did a painting recently of my little Larry Burb, which I'll chuck a photo in the show notes over at andysocial.net so you can go and have a sticky beak at that. Go and check out Sam's work over at samraptors.com. And of course, go and check out the bands uh, Low, which is lookandbehold.net and haddlemore.com. And of course, I'll have the links to all of these socials, the band socials, all the things we talk about in this episode in the show notes over at andysocial.net and andydowling.net. Almost forgot the name of myself. There you go. Please enjoy this great chat with Sam Dillon. What's the verdict like down there? Oh, man, it's just, it's hard to, like, you kind of go in a cycle, you know? Yeah. Like, you, you, you kind of go, no, life's good, life's all right, and then, you know, like, first of all, problems and all that stuff, like, I'm safe, I've got my health and all that, and I'm okay for money, but, you know, it doesn't matter how productive you are, as soon as it gets to the end of the day, what, what are you celebrating? Like, you look around, it's the same four walls that you sat in front of for the last 12 hours. <laughs> It's a struggle. It's like it's one of those things this year where I, I mean, I've always, like anybody, really, you have your you have your mental challenges throughout the years. Different things come along in your life and challenge you, and you you try and overcome yourself most of the time rather than anything around you. But um, yeah, but this year just is, it's just amplified everything. Like you just you there's so much uh, just inward looking all the time you're almost forced to have to just be constantly reflective and just be trying to understand what's going on in your head because as you said you're you're just looking around the same four walls around you and just sort of working out okay well uh, what does what's this all mean and really i mean what time of the day is it what day of the week is it and uh is this gonna go on forever and just yeah i'm just i'm watching lots of other people online try and digest what's going on and there's some examples great examples of people that are just making the most of it and being optimistic and just trying to make the most of what they've got and other people that are just in a tailspin <laughs> it's just yeah. it's crazy yeah i think i think uh i remember seeing online oh, it would have been a couple of months ago i would assume um that 
I think you went full-time freelancing with, with your work. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. And so I guess that's kind of worked out quite well time-wise. Yeah, like I I had a, a bit of a mental breakdown last year and it was about 50 to 60% would the underlying cause would have been just thinking that I was forced to, into having to do employment that was not something I was passionate about but just there to pay the bills and you'd sort of save your hopes and dreams for a rainy day for when you went on tour or when someone hit you up to do a painting or if you saw friends or family or when travelling. Yeah. And when the first isolation kicked in, I knew about it because my sister lives in uh, North Europe and she they'd already been in proper lockdown for a number of weeks mm. and she warned me that it, was, it, it would be coming our way. So I... I sort of packed up where I was at my job in hospitality that I'd been doing for almost a decade and decided I'm going to make I'm going to make the best of it and I I just started churning out paintings and doing freelance illustration and it turned out for the best and I I decided that I would make the leap and and not go back and ever spend another minute doing something that I didn't believe in. Yeah, it's a hard thing. I mean, we're so programmed to just do things for other people, like that traditional version of employment. You know, where you get you get recruited to do a task and you get compensated for it, and usually the the task versus the compensation never never quite uh, never quite sort of balances out. But we're just that's what we've been taught to do. You know, ever since we've been kids going through school, it's just to sort of go through go through the the system and come out the other end to start working for somebody else and hit the employment line and that's about it. So anybody that sort of branches outside of that, it's always been like this big risk, you know, it's, it's unorthodox sort of approach that people take. And um, I'm, I'm always sort of fascinated with people that do take that leap and just give it a go because, you know, it, we're just, we're not wired that way, you know, at least over the past however many decades. So I think for you, I mean, it's awesome just to, even for you to sort of have that knowledge from seeing what's going on in Europe and going, okay, well, if there's any time to do it, probably now's now's probably the best time definitely and even though there's obviously massive mental obstacles that are going on with isolation it's at least when i get up in the morning i don't have that looming insomnia dread that i was having for a couple of years leading up to this where i'm going oh god do i really need to, do i have to go do i have to go punch that time in do i have to go you know, serve the masses, do the thing. And, like, sure, if, you, if like, the world needs people like that, like, but if you're not prepositioned to it, if it's not your passion, it's going to eat away. You're like a cancer forever if you just don't make that risk. And I'm, my only regret is I didn't make that leap a few years back. But it's just made a massive difference to my stress levels and my anxiety and, and my ability to stomach the harder parts of life that are happening. Mm. Did you did you have any struggle sort of getting started in this I guess new format of being self employed like just far, as far as having any structure or routine or anything just to sort of keep on keep on course? Not really because I'm I'm a pretty like I love to make fun of things and I enjoy a good joke and a story I like use stories as currency pretty much but. I, when it comes to stuff that I'm creating, I'm, I'm quite military about it. I will get up really early. I Like even when it's freezing cold, I get up, I go for a walk. Um, I come home, I set out what I'm going to do. I'll get really angry and, and furious at myself if it turns to like 9am and I haven't 
already begun on another piece or <laughs> more commissions or begun doing lyric research for Low or Hadle Moore or wrote down articles that I found uh, like online or on podcasts that were relevant to things I'm creating. And it's this kind of weird, it's sort of like, you know, unrealistic for me to do that because I'd always be chasing the sand through the hourglass, but I'm, I'm, it's almost like, one minute has passed, oh my God! Like, you know, just really <laughs> angry at it if it's if it's outside of my schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I map my days out where um, usually when, I, when I've got full control of my day, I'll... I'll map it out in half hour blocks for the entire time that I'm awake and there's just no minutes spare. I mean, I will allocate time for me to air quotes, relax, you know, to, to veg out and do something because I know that if I don't allocate that time, then things just fall off the tracks. So I, I get, yeah, I'm similar to you as far as getting really militant, as far as structuring things and just making sure that there's something going on all the time. And it's good. I mean, it's it's fantastic when everything sort of falls into place. But yeah, if something if something just doesn't quite go to plan, or something goes over over time, or or doesn't get started when it needs to get started, then it it takes me a while to mentally sort of get back on on the rails and <laughs> get back into it. It's it's, uh, yeah. it's sort of like a do or die sort of uh, me- uh, headspace I put myself in every day. Yeah, I definitely have like a physical twitch if for some reason in my little narrative in my head of what I was going to be doing for that morning gets thrown out the window and then someone will be like, hey, do you reckon I could just like borrow this? And I'll be like, uh, yeah, all right. Like, really, it's, it's you know, devastating for me. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife uh, cringes because I, I have to allocate time in my, in my head to go and spend time with her. And she's like, you got, you got to schedule me in. And I'm like, yeah, I do. But I said, don't, don't make, don't feel bad about that. It's actually a good thing because if I don't, then you'll just never see me because I'll be just, I'll just be totally inundated with everything I'm doing. Cause I've just, I, I can't sit still. I've, I've always got to do something. I've always got to be busy even. And sometimes that can be a bad thing because sometimes I'm just busy, but busy for the sake of being busy and not actually getting anything done. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's funny how like you just, you set these rules up in your head and, and it can be great if it's used for the power, for, for the, for the powers of good. But, uh, sometimes oh, it's, it's a very fine line before, between it sort of working really well and it just absolutely falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, I'm not, I'm not so worried about me doing things for the sake of doing it, but definitely if a whole day's gone by and I haven't created even just a little bit of something for an hour or a couple, I yeah, I get very judgmental on my own efforts and I I kind of feel like I'm squandering time a bit by by having that happen. And it's totally natural and normal for you to go through a day where perhaps an idea or a painting didn't get uh, come to the fruition that you wanted it to. You didn't get the result you were hoping for. And I guess it's just part of life will be a lot easier for me when I allow that failure to seep in and happen as part of the process. Mm. Um, I'm not a, I don't think I'm a perfectionist, but I just, I just feel like when I do something, I want to give it my full attention while I'm doing it, you know? 
And it's also better than just not doing anything at all, like just sitting around or getting distracted with something else and just not even starting. You know, part, a big a big challenge that I have is that it's just that first step, like anything, you know, just, just that first, like picking up a pen or turning on the laptop or whatever it might be, or picking up a guitar. It's it's just that that first action to actually follow through and do the first step is is like the make or break because after that, really, you might create shit. It might be absolute rubbish, but you're already in that that thought process. You're starting to get that momentum going, and and that's and I think most people don't don't even get to that first step because we find so many other reasons just to go. Ah, oh, I'll I'll get to it shortly. I had this thought the other day that you've got to if you're going to be a front person you kind of have to suspend the disbelief of of failure to yourself mm. because most people would, if pushed to, say, a position of public speaking or, you know, commanding a room for something, um, it's or having to be a bit extra when they're up there. They, It's not a natural behaviour for a lot of people. Yeah. And for you to be able to even do that, like I think back when I started, Fucking hell, like there were some cringeworthy moments and some terrible haircuts. <laughs> like I must have just gone, no, fuck it, I can do it. Or, you know, why are you wearing those purple pants with blah, 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 and you just think, you know, yeah, because I'm, I'm awesome, I'm legend, that's what I do. <laughs> you have to just sort of be up your own ass a little bit to even make that first step to start rolling down that hill and, and standing on your own ideas. I mean, I've. I think the first time I ever saw you live was actually was with Lo, and I, I'm pretty sure it was in Japan, of all places. And I, I'd only seen stuff online, just seen some videos and things like that. But to be in that little, that little club in Tokyo and just be sitting up the back with a with a beer and just watching you on stage, and I'm just going, this is really intimidating. Like I'm actually thinking that you're about to jump into the crowd and just king hit somebody because just you're, you're channeling this energy and it's just, it's, it's, you're putting on a performance, but just from what you said, I mean, do you, do you go through something in your head, even if it's sort of a little bit subconscious, but sort of this process where you sort of detach yourself before you're about to, to get started where you can lose your inhibitions a little bit and just go, Oh, fuck it. I'm going to become this persona for the next 40 minutes or whatever it is. I think it's it's something I've always been incredibly interested in performances of of creatures and of natural history and and biology and I I get most of my sort of inspiration from uh, monologues that happen in depressing movies or very um, kind of artistic sort of stuff like that and and little poems and and um, artworks and interviews with painters like Francis Bacon, and that kind of stuff. It's not so human. It's it's very visceral. It's very primitive. Um, and I never got over Jurassic Park as a child. And I used to pretend I was a Velociraptor when I was a little kid. <laughs> and to the point that I even grew my toenails a bit too long. And <laughs> I, I couldn't wear my Ugg boots during winter one year because they were so long that they'd click and clack like along the um, along the tiles in the house. And I just imagined in my head that I would be able to like, take down a rabbit with my big toe or something crazy like that. But I, yeah, I just I love performing, and the fact that I've gone to all that effort and jammed with the boys and done all my research for the the lyrics and and the atmosphere of what I want to create that goes along with this this soundscape they've created 
why wouldn't you go 110%? Why wouldn't you put your body on the line for that? Like, I, I have no interest in standing there with my hands in my pockets. I don't, I don't get this sort of Mick Malloy, middle of the road, Big Ben, frozen pie vibe that Australia has of cutting down everyone that puts effort in. Mm, yeah. Like, especially when they all jerk off in a circle about everything that they love about the extraness of people from Europe and the Americas and Japan. So if your heroes are doing that, who brought you up to cut yourself down so far that you never put in your own effort like that? I don't understand that and I'm never going to go along those lines. I'd much prefer to give everything I have in, in my own genuine way, whatever that might be, and express the lyrical and performance side of the band that way. I think it makes sense. I mean, you know, I, I always say this to other musos and they cringe when, when I say it, but you know, you, you get on stage to perform, you know, and, and part of that performance is to entertain as, as cheap as that might sound for some people, but you gotta, you've, you've got to convey whatever the hell you've created in a way that's going to be not just an audible experience, but it's visual. Otherwise, why would you rock up to a, to a live show? You know, it, exactly. it's it's got to be every sense that that you can possibly create uh, in in this in this moment in in the same room together. So, yeah, I mean, I I see lots of bands that uh, that get out on stage wearing their uh, their their camo shorts and uh, their Pantera t shirts and just uh, with their head down and just chug away and and don't really do a great deal and don't look at the crowd and. and... <laughs> I remember that wardrobe, my friend. <laughs> don't worry, I was there. I was there too. <laughs> It's more. It's more just um, look, what you're wearing is, uh, is barely consequential. There, I think it's the confidence is key in any look, as they say in fashion. And as you know, if you can walk out there dressed in a potato sack, it doesn't matter. But if you believe in what you're doing, you're going to have every eye on you anyway. That's right. Believe you're a potato sack. You got to believe yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Origin news. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, and I've always, I've always bitched about this. Where just watching, watching peers play, and just watching other bands, just going, going out to shows, and just you can, you can see who, who is going to do something and and stay around for the long term versus the guys who, uh, you know, air quotes the weekend warriors who are doing this for a bit of a, a bit of fun and a bit of an outlet and yeah, musical bunnings. Yeah, and and so you can see that very clearly, and so. And I think um, a big thing I've always spoken about, especially on the podcast, but with a lot of mates, is that what you said before—that that tall poppy syndrome. You know, it's that it's that old embedded cultural uh, sort of uh, stigma that's that's in it's that's in this country and through the last several generations, where you know we 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 embrace the humbleness of of our nation, you know, and and our culture and and the way our personalities. But you know, if anybody tries to even sort of put their head up above the crowd and say, hey, I'm really good at something or, hey, look at me doing something, then oh, we're going to cut you back down to size. And, yeah. I, and I noticed it's changed. I think it's getting better. Um, it's just, a, I mean, like anything, we're always slow. We, we're usually a, a generation behind other, <laughs> other places in the world. And, um, and I, know, I notice that people are starting to get, get better at it. But it is, a, it is a tough thing. Like even for myself, when I choose to do something or put something out there, um, I have this instinctive hesitation that kicks in where I'm like, Oh, Oh, should I, should I? And then I, I quickly overcome it, but it's that, it's that autopilot that kicks in where it's like, Oh, I, I feel like I shouldn't be doing this because somebody's going to tell me that, you know, I should not be, uh, you know, having, having a go at this. I should just be, uh, staying in my lane and just doing, 
doing something modest and humble and just, uh, yeah, not big noting yourself? It's just it, that culture of waking up in the morning. If you start every morning by saying something negative or being opposed to something, it becomes ingrained. Mm. And the same people that would be feeling that, unless you're absolutely atrocious as a musician, then if people keep saying that stuff, it's more just built into them as a negative vibed person anyway before they even got to the show. I wouldn't be too worried about them thinking that, oh, dear, he's gone and, like, you know, he's doing a windmill in the middle of that solo. What a fucking toss-up. just like, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm sorry I, I, I made you feel like that from the back of the room where you were staring into your phone for the last 40 minutes. Like, who cares? <laughs> well, I always say to people, you know, if, if – uh... You know, you have somebody that uh, is is critical, very critical of what you do, then um, just have a quick look at, uh, you know, especially if it's online, go and have a look at their profile and have a scroll through their own feed and, and, and see how they're conversing with everybody else. And you'll probably notice that they're doing the same to everybody. And yeah. so it's it's never a personal thing. It's it's just a reflection of their own behavior and their own outlook on life anyway. So it's a, it's a good way to sort of cut it off and, and just disconnect and, and just stay on track with what you're doing. And they more than likely would have a tap-out singlet and brown pair of pants somewhere too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I heard um, I heard on the grapevine that, um, just speaking of clothes, that uh, you got a bit of a fondness for, for tracksuits. Tracksuits? I don't have a fondness. I actually just have one or two and being ISO... Well, you know, I'm not I'm not seeing the Queen for, for scones, so it doesn't really matter what I'm wearing, does it? As long as I'm productive in my paintings. But um I, I I do I do not take myself too seriously when when I'm gonna be doing certain things online and that. So if if I wanna wear a, a onesie or a maroon Max and tracksuit with my girlfriend, well I'll go ahead and do it. <laughs> well fair fair call. I um because this is the first time we've we've actually spoke spoken together, um, I uh, I did a little bit of digging, or attempted to do a bit of digging, and so I reached out to our our mutual mate Adrian, who we, oh, yeah. we stole from McGruff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. And uh, yeah, uh, we we stole him for a little bit from you guys, and I said, Adrian, I'm uh, I'm going to have a chat with Sam. Uh, what are, what are some things like? Give me some things to 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 think about. What I can write down and maybe things to talk about. And so I've, I've got a little list here. He, I had to actually stop him because he couldn't stop and I had to go to bed last <laughs> night. Yeah. And uh, so some of the things that he wrote down is uh, he's got a pet snake called, uh, is it Paloma? Yeah, I've actually got two. I've got two snakes. They're a, a future breeding pair. Um, Paloma the Woma and Homer the Woma. So, <laughs> and when they have a child, I'll call it Jonah the Woma. So. <laughs> Yeah, really uh, exhausting the Yoma kind of names there. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, and then this is where I got the tracksuits from. He said uh, he also loves to wear ridiculous tracksuits in public. Yeah, so he, just, he thinks they're ridiculous because I've never seen him wear a pair of shorts. So <laughs> he's very – he's woken up out of, in his like SpongeBob SquarePants sort of cut out jeans and t-shirt and that's what he'll live in and that's what he'll die in so i can totally understand it from his point of view that it's ridiculous oh, yeah now now that, now that you mention it uh i have i can't picture adrian in shorts at all I've yeah we call him we call him benjamin button um because he doesn't age <laughs> i love it he actually sent me a screenshot i think you you were sharing it with the guys 
of uh, a Jurassic Park tracksuit. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my god, I'm so I'm so gutted that they're not um, shipping outside the US. It's um, yeah, massive like uh, all the panels of like the original Jeep and stuff from the movie. Uh, it looks incredible. It'd be it'd be so garish and amazing. Like if I went into the tote, it would blow the speakers before the band came on. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I would really love to own that tracksuit. So if there are any American listeners to your podcast, yeah. Will happily transfer them the cash if they can guarantee that they can post it out to me. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll I'll see if I can help you work on that one because uh, I I had a look at it and I thought I said to Adrian I go look I have to admit it's pretty impressive and I'm a big Jurassic Park fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only the only hesitation I had was would where would I wear it um, and. Probably not so much where would I wear it, but would I wear it in its full ensemble with uh, you know top and bottom? You got to do it. It'd be like having the maxi bomb, but no, never getting to the bis- biscuit bit. You got to do it. <laughs> All right. So, and like we were talking before, confidence is key with everything. So, if you struck down the street in your Jurassic Park full on get out with um, some you know high tops, you'd be killing it. Yeah, and if anyone else has got a problem, then it's it's their problem, it's not mine. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, they might like Jurassic Park 3 better than Jurassic Park 1 and they're not worth talking to. <laughs> True that. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad we're on the, on the same page with quite a few things here. That's good. <laughs> I'll, uh, I might have to um, see if we can find somebody who can order two of them then. Yeah. What else has Griff loaded you up oh, with? Oh, yeah. Then? Yeah. Okay. So um, a little bit of a just, a just a fact, but he said uh, he's left-handed like everyone in low except for him. So he's the on one out. Yeah, yeah. So he's apparently, I don't know if this is medically true, but apparently he'll probably live like an extra seven and a half years longer than a left-handed person. I've heard something about that, yeah. It's all the very minute uh, stresses of things like, say, the way a door handle's shaped, the way cars are made, the way scissors are made, that kind of deal, that add them all up in a human's life and that accounts for seven and a half years of, me, you know, just having that little brain fart in your head to go, oh, and then that, that extra killed. struggle. Yeah, that extra minute struggle added, added up over a human's life. Oh well, look, it's this is this is being time stamped and recorded for the record, so yeah, uh, we'll we'll. Fast- I used to be right-handed at one thing, but then I, I broke my um, I broke my arm, and then I had to resort to my left hand because um, you know, being a teenager, what else are you going to do? Oh, so you're right-handed to begin with. No, no, only, only for one action, my friend. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. That went over my head. <laughs> yeah. Well, it went over my head a couple of times as well. <laughs> There's a visual. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he also said you're an avid close talker. Yes, yes. So even though we're talking online, my nose is actually bent on the uh, screen right now trying to imagine it was your ear. <laughs> But, um, yeah, unfortunately, I don't have personal space. I don't, I don't understand that. I, I like to tell stories. And I like people, when they're talking to me, I'd like to be fully immersed in what they're saying. So I, I tend to be, like, millimetres from their face when, they, when they're talking to me. Well, that's right. Paying undivided attention. You've, you've yeah, just, surround yeah. them. That's what you usually get. <laughs> well, you must be struggling over the past few months with all the, the COVID measures and social distancing. Well, uh, it depends because, like, I'm social by choice when I want to be, you know. So uh, most of the time I spend many, many lengthy amounts of time by myself. So it's the only annoying thing about 
the isolation is that after all my productivity, after all me, you know, delving into my creative juices all day long, you want to pack yourself on the back. You want to crack a beer. You want to uh, have that soundboard of other human beings that will um, either, you know, shoot you down or, or prop you up or inspire you or annoy you or whatever, or stimulate you in some way. And when you're, when you're locked down with these four walls, just like that movie um, Hunchback in Notre Dame when the, the judge goes, you've chosen a... You've chosen a magnificent prison, but it's still a prison nonetheless. It's like <laughs> that is my room. Like oh, there's the same four walls, and it's going to be for at least the next six weeks and maybe longer. So uh, it gets tedious, and um, I would love to be able to just see different faces that are not the same two faces that I've I've stared upon since the end of January. Well, hopefully, hopefully you can um, get into somebody's ear in real life and get up and get up and close with them sometime soon, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be getting up close to people's ears when this is released, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, right right in the ear hole. Do you, mm. um, as, as, a, as a close talker, do you also um, uh, inflict a little bit of uh, little bit of phlegm as you're talking as well? Are you a bit of a spitter um, as a close talker or are you quite controlled in that, in that, uh, that respect? Um, look, after a couple of dark ales, I think... I think that's going to be light precipitation in a room for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's part of my charm, to be honest. And like, and if I don't call you some ridiculous nickname and I call you by your normal full name, it probably means I don't actually like you very much. So, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I only, I'm very, uh, I'm very selective on who I inflict myself on. I think. <laughs> so, so next time we bump into each other, if you just say, "Oh." Good evening, Andrew. I'll be like, oh shit, okay, not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not good. <laughs> oh, Andy Darling was third. Yeah. <laughs> Just put a put a cigarette out on your forehead and walk away. <laughs> boy, clever enough, boy. <laughs> I remember, uh, just speaking of foreheads, I remember years and years ago when I first started going to shows and I was living in Brisbane and I won't name the band um, or the person because, um, well, I, probably just not a good idea, but um, I was just barely 18 and I was just, just getting used to sort of being out and trying to find uh, like-minded people and I was at this uh, this extreme metal gig in Brisbane and this band member was at the bar and there was a couple of mutual uh, acquaintances there and I walked up and I was having a chat to a few of these people and this particular guy from this band had um, finished playing and he'd been suckling on a few beers uh, throughout the night so he was a bit he was a bit sloshed and he looked at me and he got really close to the front of my face and just headbutted me really hard like almost knocked me off my feet and just mm-hmm. just dizzy dizzy and I'm just like I had no idea what was going on um, I'm a guy that does not like confrontation whatsoever. So there was no sort of instinctive, I'm going to get into fight mode or anything like that. It was just like trying to work out what is reality at the moment. And, and then he just went back to talking to somebody and somebody whispered in my ear and said, he, 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 he headbutts people when he likes them. And, and I just, you know, be me being barely 18 and just a, the biggest loser, I just went, oh, okay. And then I went back to drinking my <laughs> and then I just didn't, I didn't talk to that guy for the rest of the night, of course. But um, I'll never forget that. As far as um, you know, apparent apparently that was uh, the way that he made friends with people. But um, over the years, I, I never really had a conversation with him again. Yeah, like I, yeah, I don't know. People, 
people, uh, people, I guess. But it's like he's not a he's not a male Sumatran rhino on heat. He doesn't have to headbutt you to get your attention. Like, um, I don't know why that would be a, a, the chosen uh, way of having a social exchange with someone he admires. But oh well, at least you live to tell the tale. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was a it was a bit of an edgy moment for him. So uh, you know, and and look, I'm telling the tale years later. So it's yeah. you know, it's the gift that keeps on giving. So there you go. Um, another thing that Adrian said is that uh, you grew up in the Shire. I did, yes. Yes. Uh, I spent I spent a couple of years uh, living in the Shire. And, uh, what part of the Shire? I lived in Cronulla for a year. Oh, um, hell yeah. You were deep. Yeah, I was deep. I was, I was a couple... tattooed on your nutsack. <laughs> I was getting close. I was a couple streets back from Northies. And, uh, wow, okay, yeah. Yeah, and... Two, um, fusions, two worlds, two rooms. Sorry, say it again. Did you ever hit up Club Fusions, two rooms, two worlds? No, I, I do. Yeah, I definitely know the place. An 80s room and a 90s room? Yeah. <laughs> I, think that was, uh, I think that was the place where you'd find uh, some of the cougars. cougars. It was either, either there or uh, the vinyl room in Gaimia. Yeah, vinyl room, grab a granny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you know, you'd end up trying to hook up with your mate's mum when you were listening to Grease Megamix. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah, I was there for a year, and then I lived in Kirawee for a, uh, a, oh, what was it, two or three years. Uh, yeah, so it was yeah, okay. Yeah, run helps run a brewery in Kirawee at the moment. Yeah, right. I haven't been there. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's 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 only popped up the last couple of years. It's called Sunday Row Brewing. It's mm. uh, they're quite a tasty draft. Oh, very good. Well, I'll have to I'll have to check it out sometime. My my brother lives there these days, so maybe that's the excuse I need to go and visit him. Yeah, yeah. Well, either that or a stale um, uh, cheese and bacon roll. I'm sure you can pick up from yeah. any of the bakeries around there. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Whereabouts in the Shire did you live? Uh, I lived in the Creme de la Creme area, my friend. I lived in uh, Lily Pelly, uh, Dons Bay. So Ooh. kind of like Woolaware, but nowhere near as racist. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, I've had led a pretty privileged upbringing, I guess, like on the border of being near to reserves and the national park and five minutes drive from the beach and uh, a long line of history of the surf lifesaving and local sportsing sort of clubs. It was, it was nice enough, but if you want to read books and you don't want to be racist and do you, you know, you want to see a bit of the world, then you have to eventually elope from the Shire and get out of there. <laughs> I, that was one thing I, I did notice when I was living, living there is that when you started to, interact a little bit more with the locals and, you know, go to the pub or whatever it is and just talking to somebody. And you realize that people just don't leave. Uh, they, they have kids, the kids stay there and then they have kids with other others in the area and they just, they just stay in that area and just do not leave at all. And it's just, it's a very ancestral world in that part of, part of this part of Sydney. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a very unique, unique spot. Like it's, I remember it was telling people cause I, I lived in Brisbane and then moved to Sydney and I was living in Marrickville to begin with. And then I went from Marrickville to Cronulla yep. and I remember telling somebody and they're like, Oh, where were you living before? And I said, Marrickville. And they're like, Oh, jeez. And I said, I go, Oh, what's wrong with it? And, I go, and he goes, Oh, I don't know. Haven't been there, but geez, yeah. why would you want to? Well, like, the main, the main one we used to get when we were growing up, because if I wanted to go to the gigs and meet other people, cause I was a pretty hectic goth when I was in my teens <laughs> and 
I'd want to go to the uh, wonderful place called Enmore Road. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'd try and get out there and it would be it'll be like a half an hour walk from my house to the train station, then an hour train in, then another like 20-minute walk. And to get anyone that was even slightly interested in music to want to venture past Tom Ugly's Bridge, it was out of, like out of the question. It was not going to happen. Uh, people would think it was a stretch to go more than two suburbs away from where they were. So it's a very uh, kind of like the apple never rots far from the tree vibe. There you go. Oh well, as a as a as a goth um, hanging out in Emerald Road, did uh, oh what was the there was Postmortem Records, which was there for a little bit, um, mm-hmm. the metal store, and then there was a oh, what was the um, there's a there's a shop there, a gothic shop. That was, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to think of the name of it. Yeah, yeah, it's still there. I'm pretty sure. Um, Invisible Light uh, is one of them. It's you know got. Uh, it's about 50% dust, really, um, and then it's got a lot of uh, kind of ageing, um, what are they, like Living Dead dolls oh, and yep, yep. timber-esque uh, paper, uh, like ceramic plates and stuff. Uh, then you've got Gallery Serpentine. That's the one I'm thinking, yeah. There's a more classy affair that's for all your bodices and your corsets and giant new rock boots and, and parasols to wear around when you're um, – smoking a clove cigarette when you're in the Newtown Cemetery and listening to Skinny Puppy on your um, on your little uh, on your little iPod and that back in the early 2000s. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of kooky stuff that went down for sure. Well, one of the things that Adrian said is that he used to be a goth. So there you go. So you, <laughs> so you got ahead of that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um yeah, it's hard. It was a bit of a contradiction for me to be so inclined to be away from the sun because I've always kept reptiles and I've always gone looking for reptiles in national parks. So imagine a guy on a 40 degree day wearing, you know, a hundred plus SPF sun cream um, with long sleeve shirt, jeans and Doc Martens trying to find, uh, you know, water dragons and death adders. It's, it's, it's going to be a very sweaty affair. <laughs> I'm just envisioning this guy with a, with like a trench coat walking through <laughs> Walking through the forest, trying to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to get a couple of apple corners thrown at me when, when I'd do the like the big st- walk down the never-ending road to get to the local train station. Yeah, even even for me, like I, you know, I I didn't go through the goth phase, but just I went through what I mentioned before the the cargo the cargo short sort of just Pantera short shirt sort of thing. I mean, mind you, I. I'm pretty sure I've still got some some camo cargo, cargo shorts lying around here anyway, so I'm, I'm not that far removed from it. But, you know, I remember just walking up uh, Kingsway and uh, just getting hurled abuse by people people uh, just driving past, especially when you're walking back from a pub late at night. You, you're just yep. too much of a tight ass to get on the train. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just just people just yelling out, just going, oh, you, you know, and especially with long hair as well, you're just, uh, you're a magnet for fools. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It it all sort of changed, like it changed a little bit maybe in the mid-2000s when the emo sort of thing came with a surgence and people with kind of questionable haircuts became the mainstream and then you, you could kind of hide amongst it, um, being a long hair sniff and you could get away with it a bit without copping too much. But, um, yeah, luckily I, I moved out quite a long time ago and uh, I would never want to move back. Well, I was going to say that's a shame, but it's it's definitely not a shame. It's uh... 
<laughs> You're living a better life now, I think. Oh, just living a educated one, I think. Oh, well, that's something, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> uh, what else did Adrian have here? Uh, he had he loves Alanis Morissette. I do. Big fan. Like, um, yeah, I answered that a bit too eagerly. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just validated. Look, this is the thing. I, like, uh, I was I, I did a bit of nerding out on your previous podcast with certain people, like your geologist friend and Maxwell, um, I reckon, and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was listening to that that sort of thing of in the subgenres of metal and that. They've always got the diehard person that never seems to branch out of the heavy spectrum of music. Mm. Well, that's definitely not me. Like I I. I am well aware of where I came from, what influences me, and a good song is a good song is a good song. So I, I love the craftsmanship of, a, of an anthem and when you look at an album like Jagged Little Pill, holy crap, like every single thing on that is a banger. It's perfectly crafted and I bought tickets to go see her do the 25th or 30th whatever anniversary tour that was supposed to happen in like June this year in Melbourne. Um, that got canned, so I'm, I'm fingers crossed that that's, that the rescheduled dates for that in late November might still happen. But who knows? Like, I would love to see that live. I never got to see her live. I I really don't know much about her. I, I assume that there'd be, you know, two or three big hit songs. I mean, there's probably more than that. It's probably one of those one of those artists like like a lot of artists that. Well, I'll put it into perspective for all those people out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, uh, when you look at, say, our physical album sales, mm. you've got someone like Brittany Spears and she's sold like maybe like, uh, I think it's like 20,000 or something, I mean 20 million units of her big one, Hit Me Baby, one more time. Yeah. you look at Jag Little Pill, it's something crazy like 39 or 41 million units. Wow. Like, and that's for an alternative woman that self-indulgently shoves a harmonica in her eardrum for half an hour on stage. Like... That's so much better than a person grinding up against a locker, a, a fake locker room. You know, um, it's it's an amazing piece of work. I love it. Well, I know what I'm going to do after we have our after we wrap up this conversation. I'm going to go and chuck that on, uh, chuck that on, and have a listen to it because I think I, I only know a handful of songs. I think, but um, I'm all I'm all about musicianship and like yeah as i've mentioned a bunch of times on on the podcast a good song's a good song i i couldn't care what genre it is or you know what what imagery is around it it's you know a, a well crafted song is is it is what it is you can't deny it so yeah it's just like solid. i challenge anyone out there to 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 like realistically look me in the face and tell me that they're not thinking that purple rain by prince is a good song like if you think that it's not a good song, I'm afraid you're you're stealing useful DNA. Like you don't, you shouldn't be around. <laughs> well, I can't. I'm definitely not one of those people. It's definitely a good song. So, yeah, it, uh, I'll have to. I'll have to definitely uh, do a bit of research. Now you've inspired me. Um, I wrote it down when I spoke to Adrian. I thought, oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But, uh, but look, you you sold the the concept. You sold the idea. And yep. I'll, I'll go away and uh, and have a have a listen to that, and I'll report back and let you know. Yep, yep. So you know, go to go to like you know a Caltex, um, yeah. go to the buy and CD section, pick up a Michael Bublé best of, 
get yourself an Alanis Morissette CD, stick it in one of your 15 cargo pants pockets, tumble <laughs> on home, look at that scar on your forehead from when you met that guy in Brisbane yeah. and then start rocking out to every one of the hits on Alanis Morissette. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's certainly not an al- a hard album to find, but, uh, yeah, what a combo. All right, okay, yeah. <laughs> done, all right, easy. <laughs> I think you just mapped out uh, my Thursday tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a selfie as I'm walking into Caltex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've gone dust off the, the camo cargo shorts. And then you'll be like, um, wow, $6.50 for a maxi bomb. I'm not going to pay that. <laughs> That's right. But paying paying thirty nine ninety ninety five for uh, for Alanis Morissette on CD in, in Caltex. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but hey, by, by from what you said, it's probably worth every single cent. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. There we go. I, I should. Um, I think I've got shares in Morissette now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a, a long, a long term investor. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and one of the last things that Adrian said is that uh, you pronounce words wrong. So yes. he gave me he gave me a few examples and and maybe maybe you've got some additional ones you want to want to add in. I mean you might just not agree with any of this whatsoever but uh he said that you can't pronounce Newtown right. You say Newtown. 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 Yeah. Uh news, you say news. Yeah, have you read it in the news? The news. <laughs> mushroom, you say mushroom. Yeah, mushroom risotto. <laughs> and uh mustard. Mustard, yeah, mustard. yeah. Or a mustard on your hoot dog. On <laughs> your hoot dog. <laughs> Look, it just, let, let's just face it. We're we're all glorified apes. We invent religion and and spirituality to stave off the fingering of the reaper every five minutes. And you got to be able to amuse yourself. Like, I don't have the risk of a saber-toothed tiger ripping me in half. I don't have the risk of starving to death. I don't. I need to pass the time somehow that amuses me and slightly irritates Adrian. So I'm going to make up funny little whimsical doodad words every five minutes just to pass the time. Well, it's obviously had an impact on Adrian because the fact that that was one of the things that he mentioned when I asked, like, tell me, tell me more about Sam. Oh, and this is this is one of the ones that comes up. So there you go. It's 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 had some significant impact. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's always better to be be remembered, you know, than forgotten. So if 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 all I am to someone is an annoying vocabulary, well, at least they can quote me on it. <laughs> So those those are the ones before I had to cut him off and just say, all right, all right, that, that's, that, that's enough, mate. And he's like, I could I could just keep going. I'm I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. And then I even said to him, I go, look, maybe you should just do the podcast with Sam. Yeah, and, yeah. And I'll I'll just take a take a step back. So you know, we could we could do a round two and just get him involved as well, and he can uh, he can lead the lead the way. But um, I thought maybe it might be a good idea for. I mean, I might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but have you got any? Any insights when it comes to Adrian? Because I've I've known him for a few years, and you know he he helped us out for a, a little while in Lord as well. And I I know him okay, like you know reasonably well, but I don't think I know him as probably as well as you do. So what sort of sort of thoughts do you have if I came to you and said, look, I'm about to go and have a chat to Adrian on the podcast, Sam? What what can you tell me about him? Well, like to be honest, like. 
like all joking aside, the the man is an inspiration when it comes to to drumming. Like he's very effortless in in a lot of styles that he's able to replicate straight away. Like he's he's done a grab bag of pretty much everyone's bands over the last twenty five years or so, and he seems shows no sort of way of slowing down and being creative or ability to adapt to someone's set. His favourite part of music is definitely when he's in the studio recording something. Like I think he kind of, we, we like to joke that he, he just fucking hates playing live and he just hates being in a band, but really he, he loves every second of it. But it's he really shines when it comes to being able to show off and and do all the hard work in like perfect takes in the studio. Um, he's incredibly good with website design and anything to do with gadgets like i i'm i voluntarily like hate technology like i'm so useless at at everything to do with applying myself to everything that's completely changing meanwhile he's like just manages to just pick these things up straight away he's always very enthusiastic about what things are going on with that stuff um and he's got a very cute little family with a very enviable collection of succulents on his porch (laughs) Um, he, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a not a punishing vegan. He's, uh, he's one of the like under the radar vegans. Mm. Um, and he's a good bloke. He can drink anyone under the table for sure. Uh, he's got the most politest sized forehead I've ever seen on another human being. <laughs> it's, like, it's ridiculous. And like, you know, I might, I might be a bit cocky here, but you and I are, we're men of the of the head, you know. We we certainly are. well, we I am definitely would definitely be good in like a medieval, uh, you know, lunchtime play at a high school for sure. But, <laughs> but Griff, he's uh, it's measured in mere millimeters, you know. Like a hummingbird egg is probably about the the, the height of his forehead from his eyebrows, <laughs> and he always looks good. For his, like he's he's a, he's a he's a dashing young man, and he uh and he never wears shorts. So that's that's my sum up of of Adrian Griffin. Well, I think I think that would be more than enough for me to work with, and to get started in a conversation with him. So uh, when I when I conveniently forget about everything when it comes to Adrian, I'll I'll use those notes and uh, kick off a conversation again with with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, and and I think it's it's quite funny because. I think two things that you said where, you know, you mentioned he's got a preference, like he, he appears to have a preference of, of being more of a studio guy rather than being out and playing live shows. He enjoys everything, but that's where he really sort of thrives. Like seriously, like I've never once worried about the stamina or, or the, the energy levels from a fellow band member in life. Never. I don't have to think about that. I'm not, they're not in my thought when we go do a tour. Because I know that everyone is going to go fucking hard as soon as we walk on stage, you know. It's just that I know that he absolutely loves being in the studio. So mm. he recently just did a release with um, uh, Slowly Building Weapons, mm. um, which are an amazing sort of post-rock, weird, uh, atmospheric, black metal-ish band that's made up of members of um, from Sydney and Japan. And... I reckon it's going to be one of the best releases that comes out this year. And, and he would have just effortlessly done that. Yeah. I, I remember when we first started talking about uh, him helping us out for a while. And when we first started talking, we were recording our album and 
he was more, at least from my perception, he was more interested in wanting to know where we're up to with the recording of our album than actually doing any shows, which is what we needed him for. And he's like, have you done the drums yet? Like, do you need, do you need to, do you need me to do session drums? And we're like, oh no, that's sort of where I can. He's like, are you sure? Like, I've got a studio here. I can come down or whatever. And, and, and we're like, no, no, that's okay. And then Tim and our band's like, oh, that's, oh, I wish I knew a few months earlier. I would have, I would have got him on board. So, uh. Yeah, and even just to hear you say that, like it, it echoes the experiences that I've had with him because he certainly seems to thrive when when he's in those those uh, situations. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think it's because it's it's got gadgets. Yeah. He just loves gadgets. <laughs> and the other thing you mentioned about gadgets, uh, when it comes to websites, I mean, I'm exactly the same as you. I I just cannot get my head around anything uh, when it comes to technology. I can't keep up with stuff. I, I just, I lose, I just lose motivation really quickly because it's just like, oh, like I have to sit here patiently and try and work something out. And especially like, I'm happy to do that when it's something that appeals to me, but technology still is a, is a big learning curve and I just don't have that motivation. But Adrian built like two or three of my websites and just help me, help me get all that stuff together. And, and he just sort of said, yeah, yeah, just do this. It's like easy as I'm like, what? Okay. All right. No worries. So he just, you know, he just has this, uh, this knack for being able to just dive in there and just what looks to be ultra complicated and make it really, really simple and just do it with this air of just this carefree sort of, uh, approach that he that he takes to everything he's just so chilled and laid back nothing's nothing's a big stress or at least it doesn't show on the outside yeah 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 um i guess it's that thing of the adaptability and the willingness for things to always be in flux is something if you want to have a handle on technology you just got to surrender yourself to the fact that things are going to change Mm. And unfortunately, I'm a bit of a Galapagos tortoise in that sort of stuff because I like to see constants. I get, I get like emotionally distraught if a pair of jeans doesn't last at least 12 months. Like I get angry if my jackets don't last five to six years. And it sounds so weird because I'm going to die. Like I age every day and I fucking hate it. And it's that thing of everything is maintenance, everything, if I set out to do it, it should be done and then it's perfect and pristine and on the seventh day I jerked off, like that's the way <laughs> it works. Yeah. And, like, you know, it, it, but that's not what life is. Life is in constant flux and it's something that I need to get my head around and it will, it will make the anxiety nightmares fizzle out eventually. Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you on that. I... Uh... I just, I love to have things in place and just let it, it's sort of like a set and forget. Once it's stable, it does what it needs to do and no frills, like nothing fancy. Just give me, give me whatever it needs to do, serve its purpose. And then I move on. Yep. And when that becomes outdated, doesn't work anymore. It becomes sluggish, doesn't do what it used to do anymore because we've decided to change or move the goalposts using a bit of sport terminology. Um, I, yeah, I, I really struggle. I, I get a little bit, I have a bit of a tantrum and I have to go through the motions and hopefully if I control myself, I'll go through it internally. I won't, uh, <laughs> demonstrate externally. And, and it's a bit of a, a, bit of a process that I have to go through until eventually I'll come out the other side and go, all right, what do we, what do we actually need to do here? What do I need to get, get my head around now? What do I need to do to actually 
move move forward because uh, whatever I have been doing, which I thought was completely fine, uh, I can't do it anymore because everything's changing around me. Yeah. 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 So I think enough of enough of Adrian. I think he's had too much of a, a spotlight, and uh, <laughs> I'll have to get him back on the podcast and and uh, and have a few more beers with him. And and I'm sure I'm sure he'll have a have a few things to say. Um, as he's a, he's a man of few words, but at the same time, he does he does love a chinwag, and he's usually got a few good stories to tell as well. But you have to sort of get him started. Yeah. 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 Um, but one thing I wrote down, which uh, I just it, well, it definitely sparked something in me. I thought, well, I need to I need to check this with you. So, snakes get bad press. Yeah, is that still a thing? No, unfortunately, um, it was a it was a band that I helps helped uh, found when I moved back from England in early two thousand and eleven. And it's it lasted for a couple of years, and we managed to do an EP and do a couple of little tours and some notable shows with bands like like Full of Hell and that. But uh, when it came time to do our our like first album, we had the studio booked, we'd done some preliminary writing for it, but unfortunately, as I know all too well, if you're not mentally healthy. It's it's going to take its toll in your creative process, and we had members that clearly needed help, and and they've grown from it, but it, it kind of it it organically like imploded because of that sort of thing, and there was no hard feelings or anything like that, but it was definitely of the time, and uh, I loved being in that band initially and the friends that I made through it but the best part that it gave me is was I got I basically got poached for low and then from low I got poached for Hayden Moore so it was kind of like the the seed that kept on growing you know that's pretty cool I I saw the band name and I I, I was trying to work out whether it was a sort of like a bit of a, a joke thing that was put together or knowing that you know, you've got snakes and, and you're, you know, I don't know what you would say. Like, you know, I was going to say you're an animal fan, which just sounds like the most ridiculous thing to say, but you know, you, you're somebody that's passionate about reptiles and animals. And I've seen like a lot of, a lot of your paintings that you've been doing. And I thought, oh, maybe this has probably had a bit more of a serious approach to sort of the whole ethos behind the band. Well, yeah, it's more. It was more to do with one. That's a very literal way of looking at it. That snakes, ever since Adam and Eve, have had copped a bad rap. But it's that also thing of what is a snake? You know, that like your your cryptic, uh, double faced political leaders, your religious um, sycophants, your your you know your, your charlatans of business and and politics and warmongering. That kind of thing is also snakes in in popular culture. So it's all it's all what you want to you want to lump on top of it from your own musings, you know. Yeah, it, uh, I guess yeah. There's definitely be multiple meanings behind it. Then uh, thinking a little bit deeper deeper underneath it. Yeah, I um yeah when I, when I read the when I read it, I, I I certainly sort of thought initially. I think that's just more me probably knowing a lot of people that uh, like to make sort of 
really fucking ridiculous bands <laughs> as a piss take. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, what, uh, let's just, let's just d- divvy into that a little bit because yeah. it's always got to have a funny story. But with what's the worst band name you've ever heard, Andy? Uh, look, what, I'm what's a, the best for being the worst. Best for being the worst. Well, I was going to say worst band name. I was going <laughs> to. I'm always careful because our band name is pretty bad. <laughs> but, um, Boy, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I man. Sorry, it's iconic. Oh well, yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I always, I'm always reluctant to shit on another band's name because I, I think, well, it's going to come back, come, going to come back quickly on me. Will it though? No, probably not. Probably think, not. Think, thinking about what we said earlier. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> you know, I, listen, I listened to that podcast you did with the geologist. Remember, we're literally a sparrow's fart in the cosmos. So, yeah. <laughs> would, it, would it actually matter? <laughs> I think you're more up to date on my podcast than me. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to go back and have a listen. Yeah. yeah there you go. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, oh, look, I think, I think there's, there's lots of different versions of, of shit band names. I think there's, there's the ones that are like several words long where it's this, uh, the perception of this real, um, intentional, need to be pretentious with the way that they've articulated this long-winded band name. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Then there's the very sort of... um, A lot of those bands tend to wear no socks with their Clark school shoes. (laughs) I didn't pick that up, but now that you mention it, yeah. Yeah, It's like they purposely buy the jeans to not fit them. <laughs> As in, it's just like there's a lot of shin action going. Yeah, yeah, they do ride up a little bit high. Yeah, yeah, they mm. do. <laughs> but there's also the band names that are that are very generic, which have come off the back of 50 million bands over the past uh, several decades. Um, just very sort of tr- uh, very uh, traditional heavy metal band names. Very tough guy tough metal band names that are just uh, yeah. very expected. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I, there's nothing that sort of comes to mind, but I'm assuming that you might have might have one in particular. <laughs> that was – you should be in politics, Annie, because you basically diplomatic. that question without giving me an answer. <laughs> Threw it back on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, my answer, I'm very happy to answer that. Yeah. But um, the worst – Probably the worst one, but also the best for being the worst that I've ever seen is I saw when we were in Japan, there was stickers just everywhere or like on every like hallway and all over the men's room toilets and stuff. Mm. And there was one that I'm pretty sure Adrian Shapiro, our, our bass player, pointed out and I just couldn't get over it. It said, fucked by crap. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> and I'm like, what a visual that paints. <laughs> like, did they freeze it before they did something with it? It would be quite mushy. But so that was a pretty bad one for being also good. And then the one that I just I've always just kind of been dumbfounded with, and like, you know, I'm not I'm not like a Renaissance man or anything, but it's that thing of I don't understand the name, I don't understand the concept of it is hands like houses. I don't understand that name. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't get it. Are you making a little teepee with your hands like you're an infant, or is it like I don't know? Did everyone in your house was were they, were they born without limbs? Like, <laughs> like 
I don't, I don't know. Like, like, are you jealous of people with with, with multiple fingers? I'm not sure. But uh, that name, I, it's never sat well with me. And moving along, that's what that was. What all my punchline was going to be. <laughs> well, we built up to it. I just, I, I, I think it's one of those things. Especially, I was so self conscious with our band name when we when we sort of hit the ground running and started playing shows. Where I was just always thinking about. You know, we always, always, and we still do these days, not as much as we used to, but we always get mixed in with, you know, oh, are you guys a Christian band? Do you have that, uh, sort, yeah. of, that sort of stuff? And I have always had a big chip on my shoulder when it comes to religion. So I've always sort yeah. of had this very sort of tough time with um, just just that, and just from upbringing and just different, just a lot of stuff in my past. But whenever somebody said that, I was so self-conscious about it that I'd try and separate as much as I can all the time. And then for me to reassure myself in the early days when I was sort of going through this is I would use the very obvious example of a band like Kiss. And you look at the name and you go, well, it's such a dumb word to call your band, but eventually people just look at the name and they don't think of what the origin of the word is. They're just thinking, well, that's the name of the band and that's – and. I reckon but, if Kiss had originated in Australia, it would have been called Smooch. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> There's a thought. Yeah, I'm, I'm just – I'm just. I'm already like – I've got a pen here. I'm just uh, – I mean, you might be able to do it better than me. Do you want to try and sketch that out in, in their, uh, in their <laughs> font? You know how like Kiss has sort of got that at the end, so you do imagine the lightning bolt kind of S's going on there. Yeah. I guess smooch sounds more sort of tactile and smooshy. So I guess it'd be more like the slime kind of logo, you know? Yeah, a little bit bit more at the bottom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. No, I never, never thought of that. But uh, now you watch every time I, I go and look at a Kiss record. Now I'm just going to look at it and go smooch. And you'll be like, you wanted the best. You got the best. Send there. smooch loves you. <laughs> oh man. I, 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 but I look at those words. I look at the names, and I just, I, I, I start to associate it just with the band, and I lose the meaning of the words. And I think probably for you, like, I don't write lyrics in the band I don't contribute sort of from that from that perspective and I think for you you know I'm just having a guess but you know from you're you're putting together words you're putting together meaning and storylines and and these concepts and I, I guess you're probably a little bit more in tune with meaning and and sort of sort of the why behind why people are naming things what they what they are yeah like so who knows? Like, because I'm I'm in a situation where uh, my two current bands, um, I didn't name them. You know, I like I became part of the fold after their first initial release or releases. So I wasn't there for that that initial naming. I'm very lucky that I'm in bands where both their names do have cool meanings and origins. Mm. Um, but you know. Uh, I'm I'm still a bit jealous that I'm not in butthole surfers, but yeah, before <laughs> my time. <laughs> Actually, I've got a I've got a, a candidate for one of the shittest band names in the world. I was just having a look. Um, I've got a pile of CDs uh, to the right of me, so I was just having a quick look as you're talking. Uh, Pink Cream sixty nine. Pink Cream. Pink Cream sixty nine. Oh, Pink Cream. Yeah, Pink Cream. Yeah. It's a it's a German German band, uh, so probably no surprises there. Just Germans with uh, you know their choice of band names are not always the best. 
Um, but yeah, Pink Cream 69, a hard rock band from Germany. They've been around for a few decades and I mean, great band if you're, if you're into sort of that melodic rock, sort of bit of eighties cheese, but, uh, possibly, possibly one of the shittest band names ever. Yeah, it's not a nice visual either, is it? No, no. So like maybe it was, you know, he overdid it so much that it took on a pinkish hue when it came out. <laughs> there's a few there's a few 80s bands that had some pretty pretty average names. I'm just trying to think of some uh, some of those glam or sleaze rock bands like uh, Pretty Boy Floyd and um oh fuck, what else was there? There's a, there a bunch of bands like that where you sort of scratch your head and go, "Well, I guess they were trying to sort of ride the wave of some of that garbage that was yeah, going. Rain, I would say. That's the wave they were riding most of the time, Andy. <laughs> well, yeah. The massive cocaine wave. Felt good at the time. Uh, Felt you know. good at the time, yeah. <laughs> Living in the moment, not thinking about the future. Yeah. 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 And uh, haven't haven't aged. I don't think them themselves haven't aged terribly well, and uh, some of their band names haven't either. See, if you're gonna, yeah, that's the thing. Like, you gotta, you gotta luck out with sort of things like that. Like, you can be like Tom Waits and Alice Cooper, and as long as you look like an interim deaf when you're 21, well, then you can be consistently looking like an interim deaf till you're dead. <laughs> it's like Iggy Pop, Iggy, Iggy Pop, isn't it? Like, you just, you know, he's always well, you know, looked he ancient. Had his time in the sun. He, he looked, he looked like an amazing, uh, you know, wuff kind of Peter Pan esque impish vibe for quite a long time and now he's basically beef jerky. <laughs> but I, I mean, yeah, I guess maybe he's changed, but I mean, he has changed, but I just, I. He's still he, a force to be reckoned with though. Like he's an amazing artist. But he still seems like the same person. He still seems like he's, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I think just it's, it seems to be a similar person. When you hit 25, you like, he's only ever given me like a couple of pearls of wisdom. And one of it, I remember asking him, like, as, as like a late teen or whatever, I went, Dad, you know, Dad, like, what do you think about it? What's your personality? Like, is it different to when you were younger, blah, blah, blah. And he went, to be honest, mate, you're the same person you are mentally pretty much once you hit, like, 25. That's scary. You know, have more responsibilities, more depression, more anxieties, less sleep, bad back, blah, blah, blah. But... In essentialness, the hopes and dreams that you have and the things that you think about most things is pretty much there. You're just in an older husk. Well, depending on where you're at when you're 25, that's either a real positive or it's it's, it's a bit worrying. Well, in that sort of terms, why do you think download keeps bringing out blue biscuit and corn? <laughs> that's right. It's true. It's because the majority of the boomers and, you know, people to become boomers, they're still thinking about when they were eating the Kit Kat Chunky behind the, the Demandables and listening to everyone say, fuck that, fuck that, fuck that, you know? <laughs> that's where the money's at. I was going to say, that's what sells the tickets. Yeah, you can leave your ferret and your, and your two kids at home and you can you can go get on the bags of the boys and blow your entire month's paycheck saying Red Biscuit get down. <laughs> Start to start to break stuff, or at least uh, pretend to break some stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, it's all an illusion anyway. It's just art, isn't it? High art, apparently. <laughs> well, I, I certainly won't get on a rant with download because, uh, well, yeah, it's. Uh... Oh, I'm not knocking download. I'm just not like it's an observation of the billing. 
Oh yeah, no, that's that's what I mean. It's just it's the choice of. But I guess I guess in the end, it's a business, isn't it? You know, you got oh, you've got to pick what's going to cater for the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Dare ice coffee. It just reminds me of where those red hot summer tours are at the moment, and then thinking about where those types of tours are going to be in the next twenty years, depending on whatever the hell happens to live music. But you know, I just think that transition is going to be sort of that download crowd going into that red hot summer crowd. Well, who knows? I don't even know if festivals will exist, you know? Probably not. Like maybe in a bubble in like a fish tank society on the other end of Mars, who knows? But um, it's not looking too good at the moment, is it? No. Well I think I think a few people are getting quite comfortable already tuning into to live streams and sitting on the couch drinking beers and um, I don't think anyone's well not anyone, but I think a lot of people aren't aren't uh, too motivated to even go out and see live shows anyway. So who knows? Maybe just the market is just to feed it through everybody's living room and, uh, and that's about it. Who knows? Well, you know, humanity was one Xbox app away, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, look, on that uh, on that absolute high note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I might, I might uh, wrap it up, but uh, Sam, I... Like I have had your name on my list for a while because you were one of the more intriguing guys. And as I mentioned before, when I first saw you on stage in Tokyo a few years ago, I just thought, oh man, this is a really intimidating guy. And obviously I'd seen some stuff online with, uh, with, uh, some of the music you've been doing over the years, but, um, just a very, uh, very interesting character. And that's what I said to Adrian. And uh, talking to you, and I think just it, it's just interesting to see just the difference between what you put out there, you know, visually and, and artistically and, and who you are as a person. And I just, I love it. I think it's so good. And, um, and I had the, the thought in the back of my head when I was looking through my list is that you were one of the people in Melbourne that I'd eventually reach out to and say, hey, I'm in Melbourne. Do you want to meet up? And we'll, we'll do a podcast in person. So eventually uh, when you guys work yourselves out down there, um, and maybe there's uh, a little less of this uh, virus going around, then maybe we might have to have to catch up and uh, and have another chat. Yeah, for sure, mate. Well, you'll need to keep the mask on because, like I said, I'm a close talker <laughs> and you might get a bit spittled on you, but it'll be worth it in the end. Yeah, well, I'm I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a close spit talker as well myself. So when Adrian did mention that, I it, <laughs> it struck a nerve. Like a snake eats the tail, just perpetually spinning on each other's big foreheads. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if, if you find any spare time during your busy day, if you want to carve out, you know, 15 minutes to draw that visual, then uh, by all means, and we can put it in the show notes for everyone to check out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, thank you so much. And, um, oh, and by the way, um, uh, my little Larry says uh, thanks for, for tagging him in the uh, – in that uh, cockatiel uh, painting that you did uh, yesterday or the day before. Oh, yes. That's actually, yeah, that was a commission I got for uh, Adrian Griffin's wife's friend who owns that particular bird that looks almost identical to your Larry. There you but, go. Uh, pretty much what I've been surviving off um, uh, in my new business stuff is I paint. I paint uh, pictures of natural history and people's pets and loved ones and I'm on Instagram as Sam underscore Raptors, and that's what I do. So I'm more than happy to draw a five penis axolotl, or perhaps <laughs> a really nice, uh, you know, somber picture of your grandma. Either way, I'm quite happy to do it. <laughs> the, 
Oh, the the possibilities are endless. Well, literally, yeah, yeah. yeah. Limit to our own imagination, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I might, I might hit you up for a Larry portrait sometime in the near future. So we'll, we'll yeah. talk more. Yeah, please do. Yeah, go and reach out to Sam and say, "G'day, mate." By going to samraptors.com, that's his art website. You can also check out his band's Low, which features good old Adrian Griffin on drums, who has been a previous guest on the podcast, as well as a drummer, one of many of the drummers that's been in Lord over the years. Uh, so you can go and check out Low by going to lookandbehold.net and go and check out uh, Sam's other band, Haddle Moore, which is haddlemore.com. And of course, the links to the bands, to Sam's art, to all the socials, everything will be in the show notes over at andysocial.net or andydowling.net. And of course, you can just stab your little thumb, your little digits into the screen. Don't smash them too hard, otherwise you'll crack the screen. But you can click through. There should be some clickable links in the show notes of whatever podcast player you're listening to right now. Nice and easy. Go and reach out to Sam. Say hello. And go back and say hello to one of the couple hundred guests that have been on the Andy Social Podcast over the past Five freaking years. It's been five years. Lots of people. So go back and find a random episode. Find some random guy or gal and listen to it. And if you like it, reach out to them and say, G'day, hello, I like that episode. And make their day. Give them a little bit of antisocial love. It'll go a long way because uh, they sacrificed a bit of time to cop an ear bashing from your mate Andy. And um, I'm sure they'll be thrilled to hear from you as well. So make sure you go back and listen to some of those fantastic chats from over the past five years just ridiculous it's still going so and uh we're not slowing down so there you go now before we wrap it up you guys know the drill i crap on about this every week patreon.com slash andy dealing please if you're considering supporting this podcast in any way in addition to listening to this every week thank you very much by the way you can go to patreon.com slash andy dealing support starts from only one buck a month now you don't get anything apart from a little warm and fuzzy feeling in in your in your gut but you set it for the Set it and forget it. You don't even have to think about it. So it's a coin from your pocket into mine. And if you want to throw me a couple of extra coins as well, then you get access to an exclusive Patreon podcast episode every week that comes out Tuesday mornings. Now, slight tangent, this episode is the second episode that I've released that is Monday mornings at 6 a.m. So let me know what you think. For the past five years, more or less, these podcasts have been coming out on Thursday nights at 8pm. So now I've decided let's mix it up a bit and put the new episodes out every Monday morning at 6am. I kind of like the idea of it. Start your week with a brand new episode, load into your podcast player and just go and carpe diem, baby. But hey, let me know what you think. I'm all ears. So there we go. Enough of me. Another guest coming up next week. I cannot remember who it is. I've got a mix mash of all sorts of people and they're all out of order. I've got no idea what's going on, but rest assured next Monday morning, there's going to be another legend added to the list of many legends that have been on this podcast for the past five years. All right. Signing out. Take care. See you later. Bye-bye. Larry. Larry, please.